Welcome to the Doe Valley Ministry Podcast, where you can find faithful teaching and preaching of the Word of God. Our scripture reading this morning is James chapter 2, verses 14 to 26. James chapter 2, verses 14 through 26. Faith without works is dead. What does it profit, my brethren, if someone says he has faith but does not have works? Can faith save him? If a brother or sister is naked and destitute of daily food, and one of you says to them, Depart in peace, be warm and filled, but you do not give them the things which are needed for the body, what does it profit? Thus also faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. But someone will say, You have faith, and I have works. Show me your faith without your works, and I will show you my faith by my works. You believe that there is one God. You do well. Even the demons believe and tremble. But do you want to know, O foolish man, that faith without works is dead? Was not Abraham our father justified by works when he offered Isaac his son on the altar? Do you see that faith was working together with his works? And by works, faith was made perfect. And the scripture was fulfilled which says, Abraham believed God and it was accounted to him for righteousness. And he was called the friend of God. You see that a man is justified by works and not by faith only. Likewise was not Rahab the harlot also justified by works when she received the messengers and sent them out another way. For as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead also. So our scripture this morning looks at faith and works. And that's what James is talking about. And really so far in James we've we've looked at several different things, these different practical tests of Christianity. We've seen how the true believer responds to trials and temptations. We've learned how Uh, The reaction of the true believer to the Word of God is wanting more, wanting to obey it, wanting to learn it further. And last week we saw that Christians should be impartial because God is impartial. And this week James continues these these tests, these practical uh, Christian living ideas. And in particular we looked at the test of works or the behavior of the Christian, how the Christian acts, what they do. And as always, we need to keep in mind that a person is not saved by their works. That's not what James is saying. Christ has done all the work necessary for our salvation. But our works show us who we really are. And the genuineness of a believer's claim that Christ is their Lord and Master, is shown more by what they do than what they claim. And James provides several examples of actions proving our beliefs. He gives us one example that everyone would understand in his culture and in all the cultures since then. And the same is with us today. And that's the need of the physical body. The other two examples he gives us are the Old Testaments. And we'll look at those as well. But James starts to illustrate or prove his point 
by comparing faith without works to words of compassion without acts of compassion. If you see someone shivering cold or starving, and you tell them, ah, just warm up and feel good. Yes, you may be compassionate towards that person. And you may truly mean for them to feel better. But unless you give them some clothing, a coat, a blanket, some bread, some food, some whatever, they're not going to warm up. They're not going to be filled. You may mean well. You may speak well. But if you do not do well, then it really doesn't help that person who's freezing. It doesn't help that person who's starving. So professed compassion without action doesn't do any good. And that's the same thing that James reiterates it too. The kind of faith that is without works is simply an empty profession. It's not the genuine saving faith in Jesus Christ. And we, we know that. We see that. And part of the Methodist tradition is not just addressing spiritual needs. Certainly, that is, that is important. And that's what the, typically the weekly worship service is about, is addressing spiritual needs, uh, you know, reading from the Bible, and, and having a message from the Word of God. But the United Methodist Church is also into providing for physical needs of people and emotional, mental needs of people as well. They have many different programs that go on from feeding the poor to the current Nothing But Nets uh, malaria campaign in, in Africa. But they're acts of compassion to show our faith. Not just to say, oh, we just, yeah, we want those people to be better. We want them to be healthy. We want them to be warm. But if you don't give them anything to be warm, how are they supposed to be warm? That's what James is saying. And he gives another example there with Abraham in the Old Testament. It says Abraham was willing to offer Isaac as a sacrifice to God. He didn't just say, oh yeah, I'll do it. But he literally held the knife ready to perform the sacrifice when God intervened and stopped him. His faith was in his works. He had the knife right there, ready to sacrifice his son. And as we talked about before when we looked at the book of 1 Peter, you know, God didn't give this test to Abraham to see, you know, so that God would know if Abraham was really faithful or not. God already knew Abraham was faithful. But God gave this test to Abraham so that Abraham could prove his faith to himself. So he knew that he was a genuine follower of God. Abraham's faith was shown through his actions. It was made complete. He obeyed God and he acted according to God's will. I'm sure he didn't understand why God wanted him to do this. I mean, it doesn't make any sense. Why would God want you to sacrifice your son? Especially when God has told you that you're going to be blessed of many nations. 
and have a very large family. And he was pretty old at the time. But it didn't make any sense to Abraham. But he believed and he acted upon his faith. And this just wasn't a one-time deal for Abraham. This just wasn't a one-time shot that he, oh, he passed the test, he's in the club, he's in good shape for life. No, Abraham lived a lifetime of faith. Sure, he wasn't perfect. Sure, he screwed up. And in fact, we still see some of the ramifications of his actions today through his son Ishmael. He wasn't perfect. Not at all. But he was faithful. The other example that James gives is also from the Old Testament, from the book of Joshua. And that is Rahab, the harlot. Rahab protected God's messengers from harm, even though it was at great risk to her own life. She could have listened to their story and said, Whoa, you guys are in trouble. Good luck. Good luck getting out alive. See ya. But she didn't say that. She was demonstrating her faith in God. Now, she didn't really know God. She wasn't a, a Christian, as we would call them today. She wasn't, a, uh, she wasn't a Jewish person. She didn't know God. But she knew and she heard the stories of this God of Israel. And she knew the power that this God had. And she, she knew what was going to happen if this God was coming after this city. So she demonstrated her faith in this God. And she knew that she would be protected because He was the God. She had very little knowledge of Him. She had just heard the stories of this God of Israel. And she placed her faith into Him and she was saved from the destruction. That's acting on faith. And in her case, she didn't, like I said, she didn't have a lifetime of, of Bible study and Bible training and things like that or hearing the gospel message. She would just hear some of the stories about this God of Israel and the power that He had. And she acted on that. Sure, part of it, no doubt, was out of fear. But that's how we are to respect God out of fear. Not because He's a vengeful, sadistic God, but because of His awesome power. And we have opportunities every day to act on our faith. Now, I don't believe that God will ask any of us to hold a knife to our child to sacrifice it to Him, like He did Abraham. No, I don't believe so. But there are certainly many ways to act on our faith. There are many poor people in this world, many needy people, even around this area that we can minister to. Sure, maybe we can't get out much anymore, and especially in winter, it's difficult. But that doesn't mean you're useless to God. We're blessed with many agencies around the local area that do provide services to the people that are in need. We can donate money, we could donate time, we could donate food, clothing, whatever it is to help those people. Maybe we don't have much food, money, or clothing, or things to donate ourselves. That happens to a lot of us.
And that's okay. We can simply pray for those organizations. We can pray for the people. We can pray for the poor. We can pray for the sick. You can pray to God that He will send someone to minister to those people. I can't get out there and minister to them. So Lord, send someone to help so-and-so because they're struggling. As we've said before with our prayer, it activates the power of God. But it's our faith in God, believing that He will come through. Our faith isn't just an intellectual knowledge, as I've said before. It's the idea that you genuinely want to obey Him and do what He wants. James tells us that even the demons know God. They know God. They know who He is. They know what He has done. They know what He can do. And I believe to a certain extent they know what He will do. But they have no interest in believing in Him in following in following him or obeying him. They reject him even though they know who he is. James closes this section by writing in verse twenty six For just as the body without the spirit is dead, so also faith without works is dead. Our spirit is what makes us go. It what, it's what makes us alive. When we die, our spirits are no longer in our body. For a Christian, our spirit goes to be in heaven with our Lord. And our body lies lifeless here in the earth. It's kind of like a glove. I don't have a glove with me today, but I could have wore, wore them because it's kind of chilly out. But a glove... A glove sits lifeless on your table. It doesn't move. But when you put your hand into the glove, that glove comes to life. That's what the Spirit is. Without the Spirit in our body, we are nothing. And in the same way, faith without works is dead. Our works show us our heart. Our works show our faith. Again, our works don't save us. They simply show that we are saved. They show that we have received Jesus Christ into our life to be our Lord and Savior. And we need to think about our actions. Do they demonstrate the reality of our faith? Do we live out our faith each and every day? Both Abraham and Rahab trusted God And they demonstrated this with their actions. They passed the test. And we also need to respond in love when we see other Christians not acting like a believer. We need to remember not to judge them or condemn them, but we need to support them. And we need to remind them of of their faith and to bring them back to the truth. There's always room for improvement in all of us. Abraham was righteous, faithful man, but he messed up. David was a man after God's own heart, but he messed up. But they were faithful. None of us is perfect. So this week, make a conscious effort to align your faith and your 
actions. Sometimes it's a challenge, but it does and will bring you great joy and peace with your Master. All Christians sin in this world. We're still human. We live as imperfect creatures in this fallen world. But all Christians obey the Word of God. Sin is present in our life. But it's never the main characteristic of the true believer. Our sin nature has been taken away by Christ. And we need to remember that. We are sinners in need of a Savior. But sin is not the main characteristic of our life. God always accepts us when we humbly return to Him, as did Abraham, as did David. And He's waiting there with open arms for each and every one of us when we do fail. And that is something we need to remember as well. Let's close with a prayer this morning. Lord, we thank You for our time in Your Word this morning. Thank you for always being there for us, even when we're not worthy to come into your presence. You are there waiting for us, waiting to offer your forgiveness when we ask for it. We ask this morning that you open our eyes to our actions this week. Help us to see what others see. Help us to see what you see. Help us to act upon our faith in tangible ways. We do this not so that we can impress others or to even impress you. Rather, we do it because we want to be obedient to you each and every day of our life. Give us the wisdom and the strength to do so. In Jesus' name, amen.